Knuckleball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now it's All-Ireland Football Final Week. Very happy to say Colin Boyle is with us, four-time All-Star. How many All-Ireland Finals? Um, Played in five, if you're including replays, but probably was involved in about seven, I would say. Yeah, that I was talking or didn't get on in, yeah, so... Darren O'Sullivan for the week that's in it we'll give him his dues captain in 09 four time mm. All-Ireland winner doesn't even know how many finals only counts the medals <laughs> only count the wins <laughs> try to forget the losses there was enough losses to be fair how many did you lose? Uh, four four yeah. four and a minor five wow Almost as many as us, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new competition. <laughs> uh, would Kerry do a bit of a homecoming if you lost an All Ireland final? Would you go home and be greeted? Yeah, it's fairly bleak, not to be fair. But in fairness, the supporters do come out. Um, but it's one of the places you, you you go and you acknowledge the support, but it's you you don't really want to be there you have to you, you do acknowledge because you appreciate the sport but you're just not in the place for yeah. it get me into a quiet country bar and hide me hide me for a week yes I, I presume that is the aim of the team let's get to the quietest pub we can find in the remotest part of West Kerry we can find yeah that's kind of it how can we be on our own um, and it is it's funny some of the best nights out I had were after losses which is strange. Um, I just find after loss, you're probably more likely to be left alone. Whereas when you win, there's more hangers on. Um, so it tended to be some of the some of the best nights were after defeats. Yeah. So when you win, the likes of me bending the ear off you in the corner of the pub. There's, there's always a few jaws hanging around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Darren, do you remember we knew each other 20 years ago? It's great to catch up. Um, and would there ever be a degree, Darren, on the night of a loss of hatching plans and lads we're going again next year and like lying in the sand and almost getting fired up already or is it more draining your sorrows and, and, and or maybe not talking about football at all like what, what's your sense of those kind of nights you go through every conversation but I always remember 2005 my first year my first game um, lose to Tyrone in the final and at the you have your meal and all that crack and late on the night I remember just sitting at a table and it was the older heads already going this is what we did wrong this is what we need to do no it was obviously different then you're at the end of September and it was only two months away and you were going to be back training so it was a bit easier but I, I remember sitting there I, I was quieter then I didn't say much I was like a sponge just trying to take everything in I was just listening to the boys and I was like oh, Jesus like they already had their medals some of them had a few of them in the pocket and they were ready to go again for next year yeah I, I, I'm not surprised to hear that I can already picture that sitting around his table yeah. right lads listen up Colm I remember David Brady, a great interview a couple of years ago, and he talked about the homecoming after the 07 final. And at that stage, or maybe it was 06, 06 or 07, I might, might have my years confused, might have been 06. But either way, at, the, at that stage, he's just said, I'd had my fill of them. I actually could mm. not bear another homecoming, another loss. And not so much that he was feeling sorry for himself, Peculiar to Mayo, I, I suppose, particular to Mayo, this sense of everybody's followed us again all year, everybody's travelled, everybody's spent money, everybody's supported, and here we go again kind of a thing. Yeah, and to be honest, I couldn't put it any better, Joe. There's almost, when you're standing up there in McHale Park in front of a huge crowd, and in fairness, we always got huge crowds to the homecoming. There was almost a sense of guilt there. You know, uh, you're looking down at people and you're you're thinking, what would this be like if, you know, if we were burning back the cup to them? Um, so, yeah, real sense of disappointments. And actually, before you, myself and Darren were just talking there about about banquets before you come on. I was asking what Kerry are doing tomorrow night or on Sunday night because a lot of teams seem to be going away from that. And I can tell you, Joe, the night of a banquet after losing all Ireland final is just torture. Absolute nightmare stuff. And 
you know, you've got the official function, the dinner and all that, and then you get the, the aftermath of the supporters coming in for the, the after party as it's supposed to be. And that is uh that is a tough, tough place to be. Yeah. So it's not it's not surprising where you where you hear that teams are kind of getting away from that because really you mentioned there, Joe, all you want to be is with your your obviously your partners, family, friends, and teammates. That's all you want to be with yeah. after a game. And I would say it would be the same after winning Darren, but obviously I'll be able to tell you that better than that. But yeah, it's um it's different for sure. I presume Column County boards are making a few quid out of those losing banquets either way. I mean, people have paid yeah. for seats and then you're going to get your dinner and you're going to have Colin Boyle yeah. sitting next to you. Of course, and you have to respect that, of course. I think it was one of the finals, 16, I think it was, if my, if my memory is right, we drew against Dublin and we had to go to the banquet after and we we're kind of talking afterwards saying, you know, is there any way we can get out of this? You know, we're in the final in two weeks. The last thing really we need to be doing now is going talking about what we did right, what we did wrong in the game today. And, you know, we need to get back, you know, getting ourselves mentally prepped for a game in two weeks' time. Yeah. But there was no way out of it at that stage. It was too late. As you said, people have paid their money. But we went, showed our faces, had the dinner. And literally, because the plan was we're getting up early to do recovery sessions and getting the bikes, getting the pools before we hit the road for Mayo. So yeah. it was a quick show of the face, have the dinner, and you're going to bed again. But, yeah, go back to our original points there. I'd say even if a one-one Joe, obviously you never have that experience now. But I'd say I still want one want to go to one. To be honest, yeah. And before you knew it, at that, that that drone banquet, you were doing shots at four a.m. You just got <laughs> got into the night as it went on. <laughs> Maybe that's why we lost the replay. Because <laughs> um, I guess it was interesting last week. Half the reason I bring it up is it was very notable. The Limerick curlers travelled up in the morning and got out of Dodge on the morning. And Kilkenny mm. traditionally would travel up in the morning. I suppose, given the distances, Kerry and Mayo never had that luxury. Darren, did you find hotel the night before uh, morning of the game? interminable what am I supposed to be doing knocking around in a hotel or was it okay? No it was okay we we're too far away anyway I was I Colin were saying both was too far away we we're used to it I actually I prefer to go away the night before a game into a hotel um, just because you're with all the people you need to be with um, yeah. if you need to talk about anything if you need to get your everything your food is on, on point your water everything is on the money Really, see, you're just chilling out. There's nobody that can be asking you questions about work or next week, or because nothing else matters really on the next day. So, like, you had your roommate who normally you were rooming one for a while. I was with Cullum for a good bit in my latter years, I was with Mark Shea, and you would just have hot ball and be chatting away. If you had to talk about the match, you talk about the match, but mostly it was just having the crack, and yeah. it was all routine. and I, I, I preferred it to be fair. Did you, I can understand that, Jeff. If I'm feeling nervous, I'd rather be with my crew who are going through the same thing. When you say Colm, you mean Colm Cooper, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I always remember um, Paul Galvin told a great story a couple of years ago about All Ireland final morning. And Paul, it's, it's, Paul got replaced because I was better crack. <laughs> <laughs> or he was suspended and uh, me and Gooch were living behind each other and we were hanging around together all the time. So I'd say when Paul got suspended in 2008, right. myself and Gooch got put together jumped, and we jumped. were together. Yeah. I, I, he saw the light. He said, you man's way better crack. I'm going to jump in with him. Well, Galvin tells the story that it must have been, it's all Ireland final morning. And like, I don't exaggerate, but like we could be pushing on close to midday here and Gooch is still yawning in bed, like no rush on him. And Galvin's sort of saying, any chance, you know? Oh, but that's the way he was. I, I actually remember uh, we played Kevin, I think it was in the quarterfinal in 2016. And we were doing the warm-up and I had to ask him, I said, did, did I have the lunch? Because you go for breakfast, you go back to sleep. And you'd be kind of in a world of your own. And next thing I was there going, geez, I'm starving. I was there, did we go for lunch? And he was there, well, I went for lunch. I don't know, did you go for lunch? But, right. you know, you get into a routine and stuff and you would be just relaxed. And, like, that was a thing. You get up for breakfast, you go back to bed. You get up for lunch, you go back to bed. And he'd sleep in water. Like, uh, my thing with Cullen was trying to get to sleep before him because he might start snoring. I wouldn't get to sleep then. But uh, he was, he was relaxed and yeah. like that. We'd have your routines and... Mostly it involved the night before the match, after all the meetings and the meal, we sustained them buying and we'd walk down the town and get a Cornetto and walk back to the room with a bag of jellies. So wow. we weren't too stressed out. It's rock and roll all the same, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colin, what was the Mayo morning like? 
I, you know, very similar to Darren there. I was just delighted when the Saturday morning came and you were hitting for the bus because, as, you, as Darren said, you were just getting to the people that you really needed to be. You were getting away from the outside world and you knew it was getting closer to showtime. But to be honest, Joe, like the Saturdays, I know you're saying rock and roll, but we generally had great crack on the day before the game. You know what I mean? You're on the bus, you're having a bit of a laugh and then probably come Saturday evening after your dinner, you probably have a team meeting and things start to really knuckle down and you'd have your chat about what tomorrow looks like and, you know, go through your your tactics and, you know, matchups and stuff like that once again, just to refresh it in the mind and probably just go through, you know, what it means to everyone in the room to be there and be where we are and, you know, really to take it in and to prepare yourself for the for what's coming the following day, you know. And then once the, mor- the morning was long, Joe, Jesus, especially like a half, three game, if you wake up, like generally the, the dietitian wants you down or the nutritionist wants you down for breakfast by eight, half eight, you know oh, what I mean? No so, way. And are you, are you allowed to turn around to the nutritionist and say, <laughs> I'm a night out. I like a sleep. I, let me sleep in till 11. Go away. <laughs> like I'll be better off. Are you, I, do you have that wiggle room? Uh, probably not. Like like that, Keith Higgins is probably the only man that's like, he's, Paul, Darren has mentioned um, Colm Cooper there Keith Higgins I roomed him a couple of times the exact same he'd sleep till 12 o'clock the morning with a game if he was left but I'd generally be awake anyway so I wouldn't be too bad down for breakfast but it's a long morning after that yeah. it is a long you're killing time you're going for walks you're you're getting ready you know by the time maybe 12 o'clock comes you're you know, you know you're getting there but then you have the dreaded chicken and pasta I'm afraid Joe 12 half yeah. 12 to try and get down you as well and that's that's almost as tough as the match, I can, I can tell the you. Chicken, the chicken and pasta was a nightmare, but I remember when Tommy came back and we were getting ready for a game and Tommy Walsh was after being in Australia and he was only yeah. having a couple of sandwiches, like really light. And I was there, you're not eating. He said, I, if you don't have the carbs in by now, and he used to mm. never eat. And it used to be the hardest part of it, chicken and pasta at 12 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Horrible. It should be, it should be banned, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they say if you're dehydrated the day before, it's too late as well in the morning. So yeah. Same applies mm. to carbs, yeah. yeah. I it's funny you talk about the meeting and uh, the night before, Colin, because I always, it's kind of gone down in, in Munster rugby folklore that before their final against Northampton in two thousand, the first time Munster had reached a Heineken Cup final as it was then. I think the night before, they all had their team meeting, but they talked. They, everyone said their piece about what being in the final meant to them, what Munster meant to them, what their families meant to them. And actually, they felt they expended far too much emotion the night before. Would would it have been anyway emotional territory night before finals or or less so? I don't think so, Joe. Like we generally had the same routine every time we went to Crow Park. You know what I mean? So whether it was a quarterfinal, semifinal or final. okay, never really remember a time where you thought, Jesus, coming out of that, you know, maybe that was a bit much or maybe that went on a a bit too long or we got into it. We generally didn't speak about Anton that we wouldn't have spoken about all week. You know what I mean? No brave heart speeches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. Uh, One last one on, on memory lane. Sorry if you'll indulge me, but I guess it's the week for it. Darren, you were captain in 09. This was by dint of county champions and, and Kerry still, yeah. I mean, that bit of tradition. So you get nominated. So if in 05 you're sitting around and you're the young fella taking it all in like a sponge, what was it like being captain in, four years later then? Yeah, um, I suppose I, like I was still, when I got named captain, I was only 22 and Oof. you still had all the Trichets, you had Gooch, Declan, Galvin, Don he was after bursting onto the scene. You had Mahoney, Mike McCart. Like I, I genuinely didn't have to do a whole pile. And I remember Jack saying at the start, if you ever want to say something, say it. But just play your game. And honestly, like I had so many fellas around me. Like that team was just incredible. Like and it was actually we did a, a bit of a breakfast morning here this morning in the Glen Eagle and Colin mentioned it, Gooch. Um he was just saying like the panel we had, like not even the 15 or the 20, it was 25, six players that anybody could have been coming on, was so strong. It didn't actually matter who was captain. Okay. Like it was kind of like you had a, before leadership groups were a thing, Kerry had a leadership group that involved about 15 players, you know, because you had so much experience on there. So to be honest, the nerves of being captain only kicked in when I realized, oh, we won crap, now I have to make a speech. That was the hardest part about it. Uh, that's when the nerves kicked in. And I remember Mark Shea um, stood, was beside me. He goes, I'll stand beside you. So if you lose your train of thought, I'll let you know. And I remember looking and going, yeah, no way I'm trusting you up there with a microphone in my hand. 
many a person's wedding day has been ruined by the thought of having to give a speech that evening. Yeah. So, like, I mean, uh, if I was you the morning of 09, I'm thinking about winning the game. I'm also thinking, geez, wait, like, when, when, when do you write the speech? The morning of the game. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say that's best practice now. I'm sure it's the same thing. You're thanking all the same people. <laughs> There's someone that does the same speech every year. Yeah, that sent a shiver up through me there when you said that, Darren. Yeah. Jesus. Well, yeah. Like you, you'd, you'd be doing bits and pieces of it leading up to it, but you, you don't want to do too much because you're like going, I'm jinxing this. So the morning of the mm-hmm. game, I'm at the, you know, the way every hotel, you'd have two chairs and a table. So I'm jotting away and Gucci, what are you at? I'm there, ah, nothing, nothing, just scribbling. And I'd say nothing. And then, Maybe we're going home for lunch or the breakfast. Uh, I met Patrick Sullivan, the now, well, he was chairman then, he's chairman again now. And I just slipped him the, I said, you might hold on to that for me. And he knew what it was. He put it into the jacket pocket yeah. and he held on to it for me. Yeah, very good. Well, yeah, I, I could see how Colin Cooper, the lads, wouldn't love you tempting fate by scribbling your yeah. speech in front of them in the morning of the bloody match, you know? Yeah, what's what's yeah. would you not have written it on the Monday or Tuesday before? No, what's with this last minute business? Very like very calm about this situation, I have to say. Um I was do you know what I was too worried. Like I remember actually Jack rang me two weeks before the final to say, relax, enjoy it, you're gonna be on. Enjoy the build up. And that took a bit of pressure off. And then after that, I was just kind of in a bit of of a zone really just enjoying the build up yeah you know thinking about you know all the stuff that doesn't matter really that don't matter really kind of leading the team out yeah doing the parade doesn't matter but i was thinking jesus get to walk around leading out a carry team in a quarter and final and like to be honest if i thought about the speech that would have scared me more than playing the game oh yeah so i saw like i wouldn't have liked public speaking at all like even in school i wouldn't put up my hand to, even if i knew the answer um, so that was more scary than playing any game so it was a case of just trying to ignore it for as long as possible and then when it became real- reality the, the sweat came out through me yeah I can. <laughs> Mark O'Shea I'll help you uh, yeah I can <laughs> <laughs> and Kerry are still doing that aren't they so Clifford is captain by dint of I'm not going to pretend I understand the Kerry club championship I mean it's a labyrinth but he's well it's not to do with the club championship it's the county championship county championship so, yeah yeah and then, it, yeah, so it goes down to districts and like that because Fossa would be similar to Glenbay, smaller club at the time. They're not going to win the East Kerry Championship, so they get to nominate whoever. So, yeah. Okay, and it's interesting. Um, I guess nobody was turning to you pre-game going, right, Skipper, you need to talk now. So it wasn't that kind of a situation. It's just a nice tradition, work away. Yeah, it's kind of a nice tradition. Like, it's one of them ones where you still get asked about it and it'd be a bit of a contradiction if I said, no, it doesn't work. Um, now it is quite hard like you could have like I was trying to break in the team I'd been the impact so but I'd been around a while so like Jack had a choice I think between myself Aidan Shea who was my own club um, Jack O'Shea's son um, Dunnock Walsh and Sean Bond mm. and he picked me luckily um, but yeah like that there was never any pressure and to be honest we had so many leaders around the dressing room you know so what we were going to like I was going to be telling Dara Shea come on up to the game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lads, gather around here. I've got a few words to impart. As, as yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, actually, I've gone on so long there. Let's take a short break and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of the game on Sunday. Back in one sec with Colin and Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Uh, welcome back Colin Boyle and Darren O'Sullivan with us if you're just tuning in you've just missed uh, Back in My Day Corner we're now going to get into the nitty gritty of the match so uh, fellas it's kind of a defining game on a whole host of levels and and look this is kind of more journalist talk and like shaping a narrative and and, and, uh, putting the game into context as opposed to talking about matchups but indulge me for a second so I'll, I'll throw a few things at you Colin going on here for the two managers, it's a, a you know, Jack O'Connor comes back again, wins again, and now does two in a row. He's never done two in a row and wins five. Suddenly, Jack O'Connor's going down as one of the great managers in GAA if he's not there already. Desi Farrow, it's either, well, he won one on the fumes of Gavin, the COVID All Ireland, or it's two in four years. And suddenly he sails off saying, two in four years, beat that. 
Uh, so for the managers, it's big. Uh, for the two teams, it's big. Like this Dublin side, this sense of last dance. There's a bunch of the Dublin team that can overtake the Kerry uh, group all on eight All-Irelands. I think Cluxton and McCarthy and one or two others can go to nine. So, you know, for like it really caps off. We really were the best kind of thing for, for that team. And there's a sense that there's going to be retirements. Equally, if Kerry win two in a row and, you know, the, the future is theirs. And then the last kind of, again, narrative-ish point is the season has been so-so. I mean, we use the phrase shadow boxing a lot. Then we had a, a great final day, the group stages. Quarterfinal weekend was so-so. It was grand. Semi-final weekend, the games were great, but there wasn't the hype because in, an, in advance we probably assumed rightly that Dublin and Kerry would come through. So, like, there's a lot in, in, in the way that Dublin Mayo games sometimes... Uh, saved a season the aftertaste was so good the game was so good there's a bit of pressure in this final almost to to save the season the memory of the season so a whole bunch of things going on here Colin and, and, and one game will decide quite a lot Yeah and it probably affects a lot of what the people th- think about the football championship but I think you've summed it up pretty well there from the neutral point of view and I suppose as a neutral it's great to see new people like a like a Derry or a Man and get to a final and I think that's coming Joe in the next couple of years I really do think right. this is going to open up now in the next few years but as the championship I think this is the game where you know Kerry and Dublin in fairness it's the two biggest teams I think they've won something like 14 out of the last 20 All-Irelands between the two of them so what a game to look forward to and you, and you mentioned it there like Desi Farrell if you're t- telling Desi Farrell when he comes in if if he goes if he did go after this year I have no idea if he's going to or not that he's going to win two out of four after coming in out of win- after winning six in a row he would have taken your hand off for that because he would have known you're not surely you're not going to win seven, eight, nine, ten it couldn't have gone that far there had to be an into it so to win two out of four would be would be brilliant on his part and you mentioned Jack O'Connor there to go back to back for the first time, especially coming up against this brilliant Dublin team, like what that would mean to him. And it's funny, I was thinking about Jack earlier on. I saw an interview or a simple interview with Tommy Rooney that he did from the media day. And, you know, Tommy's talking to him about the uh, about the Dublin players coming back and, you know, the, the incentive or the, you know, how they're a better team this year. And you can just see, like, obviously, Darren will know a lot better than I will, but. I'd say them boys are just using that down there as fuel, you know, just I'd say O'Connor's telling them, look lads, we've been told we bet half a Dublin team last year, you know what I mean? And they've they've come back this year and they're going to take the All-Ireland back away from us. And when you're looking for inches, Joe, I'm sure he's looking for all them inches as well. And you mentioned about the likes of McCarthy and them lads going for their ninth All-Ireland, overtaking the few Kerry boys that are on eight. I think or I think Kerry haven't beaten Dublin since '85 or something like that in the finals. So in a in a final, so there's so many motives there for Kerry that you know what I mean. It's I'm sure they're going to be using every bit of one of these for for Sunday to get themselves up from. But the same the same goes for Dublin, obviously. The exact same thing goes for them. It's a it's a huge huge game and look at you're expecting absolute fireworks and hoping that it's going to be an absolute cracker as well. You know it's funny, Darren. I hadn't even considered the nine All Ireland medals feat until I heard Paul Flynn talking about it on the second camp podcast and you know he was saying it wasn't his leading kind of um, framing of this final but he said and by the way Cluxton McCarthy named someone else might have been Fitzsimons couldn't um, remember off the top of my head might well have been but he said they get to nine and none of the Kerry boys got to nine and he said for me that's Dublin mic drop and uh, you know he said I'm invested in I want to be part of that group where we did nine and Kerry didn't do nine so even that's playing away I don't know would that even cross Kerry minds it's crossed my mind. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It's crossed uh, a lot of our minds. I'd say down here, whether we talk about it or not. Um, like I would have looked up to, like I would have had like some Mikey Sheehy in the dressing room as a selector. Um, do you know, Ger Power? Do you know, Gerald Keefe? Do you know, I I would know quite a few of them. And even on nights out there, you'd meet Bomber, Ogie, Shawnee together, and uh, that team. They're legends. They're the nicest men in the world off the field as well. And I always liked the fact that they were up on a pedestal as well. Um, no, there's a few that have joined them, and that was tough enough to take. But uh, it wouldn't be the best feeling to see them overtake them. I won't lie. Um, hmm. But yeah, look, there there is a lot of stake, and even like I like the two in a row, not just for Jack, but for the Kerry, only for the fact that Dublin did what they did six in a row which was just outrageous and this Limerick team at the moment in the hurling two in a row is so difficult it's kind of 
kind of what the lads are doing with Limerick and the Dublin team did it's kind of made a mockery of it like the two in a row is extremely hard and yeah. we came close and doing it on a number of occasions and fell, fell short or you know we did them once but um, it's very hard so like if the team did it never mind Jack like Jack I think will go down as one of the, the very one of the great managers um, because he came back and he did it he came back and did it he's come back again and did it but obviously, look, it would be nice for him. But um, mm. for me, it's more about the nine medals. God, you know, it's um, interesting. Yeah, that is, that yeah. sense of like ownership of we're top dogs, and you. I mean, I, I I take your point that you get to know these lads, and they're just around, and so there's a nice thought that eight medals jangling around in the pocket is kind of undefeated. Whereas now, the Jackines will be swanning around with nine, and you'll be yesterday's yeah. men. I mean, I, I, I'm irritating you as I speak here. Yeah. Ah, look, it is like it, it's all little. Like they, it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But they're little bragging rights. They're little things that, yeah. I suppose, it was nice to have. Um, obviously, with the Kerry, or the Kerry Golden years back, and then always the, the Dublin Golden years. Yeah. Uh, but look, if they do go on to do it, look, no one's going to deny like they have been absolutely no. phenomenal. Like they're just unbelievable. To be fair, and much as everyone hates saying, I'm sure Cullum's the same. Like we'd all admit it. Like that team were just like to do it once or twice but to keep doing it year after year yeah, was just frightening no it was it was I guess eight is just sorry Colm do come in I was just going to say eight is one of the there's, there's certain numbers we all know in GEA and eight yeah. is one of the eight All-Ireland Football Medals is one of those things we know Colm ah uh, yeah it's it's ridiculous Joe it's funny as you were talking there I was thinking if they don't get the medal on Sunday that the bad news for everyone else is they actually might come back again next year to, to get that ninth medal. I know. So, Although 10 it, has a lovely ring to it, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it mightn't be the end either way. You know, this mightn't be the last dance that we're all thinking. Uh, but yeah, absolutely sensational. Like to win one would be unbelievable, I'm sure. Darren has four, which which is outrageous. But eight or nine, like in fairness, whether they, they get to nine or they don't sure. to get to have eight is just out of this world. Um, so to kind of pitch the form lines column, Quarterfinal, mm. they both put in their best performances against Mayo and Tyrone, respectively. And then there are caveats. Monaghan obviously did okay against Dublin, never got ahead. But certainly the first half, Mayo gave Dublin a lot of trouble. And then mm. Kerry, the caveat is that Derry seriously gave them trouble. Ten minutes to go in that semi-final, Kerry were far from in control of things. It was looking ominous. So we we have like the two thoroughbreds very much here in the final the two that you know if a gun to people's head probably expected to get to the final and yet it's not peak Dublin it's a very good Dublin it's not peak Dublin and this Kerry team they don't have the aura of unbeatable about them either so it's not like oh geez, these are two close to perfection kind of uh, outfits going up against each other No I think I think that's a fair point like if you go back maybe four years to 2019 I don't think especially Dublin are at that level and I don't think we'll see a game of that absolute quality on Sunday to be honest with you and it's funny I actually watched back the the semi-final from last year yesterday and you know it was was a really really good game but it certainly wouldn't have had that same quality of, of three years previous I don't think. And it's you know even watching the game back what you what you picked up it's funny like Clifford was sensational in the first half gets a point at the start of the second half but Fitzsimons actually does really really well in him after that and Clifford probably has a quite enough second half and I think Dublin will look at what they did maybe in that second half how they kept him on the quieter side granted they're playing against the breeze and look to maybe replicate something like that on on Sunday because um, you look at everyone knows you know what he's doing at the minute like his form last year was brilliant Joe I think I think in total you know he kicked 114 in, in from play in the championship last year, I think this year he's on something like 322. You know what I mean? So his form has gone up, you know, another level or two, which we didn't think was possible. So Dublin are absolutely going to go after him. They're going to go after him. And and what did they do? Let's let's jump in on Clifford. Yeah. Fitzsimons now then, seeing as you brought it up. So, mm. so did Dublin do anything distinctly different in the second half to keep him quiet? Or Fitzsimons just managed to start to win the battle? Or, or what jumped out to you? There was definitely a couple of balls that Fitzsimons won that went in. The noticeable thing was Howard was trying to get back to be the the, the plus one or the man in front of, of Clifford. I think that's pretty much what everyone's expecting again on Sunday. What's, what's going to be interesting for me is it's it's very obvious to see where Dublin will get their extra defenders from on Sunday. Like if you're looking, if you're expecting Kerry to line out as a half forward line of Dara Moynihan on one side and, and Adrian Slan, then you can see yeah, Howard can drop off Spillane and maybe Gannon can drop off Moynan because 
they're not a huge scoring threat. They're not going to kill you on the scoreboard. So you're almost saying to them two boys, you guys protect the D. When Kerry have the ball, we slow the ball down coming in. It's up to you to, to stop the long diagonals in, which killed them in the first half last year. But then if, if Clifford starts running to the ball on your side, you double up with Fitzsimons. You know, yeah. one of each side. Try and get the double ups. I, I think they really just look to kill the space in front of Clifford. And try, like, I think if they do that, you know, they'll feel like they've gone an awful long way of winning this game. Anything I've seen as you, I mean, fair play to you doing your homework and watching last year's game. Anyone stand out as having had a really good game? Any trends that kind of uh, struck you that maybe you'd forgotten about in the interim? I thought, like Sean O'Shea, I forgot how good he was in that first half. He was absolutely sensational. Like, it's not too often you see John Small get, get the run around in Crow Park, but he was in all sorts of bother on Sunday. And, you know, as I was watching the game, and Small gets a black card on, on what, the 25th minute for a foul off the ball that probably John Small does an awful lot and probably gets away with an awful lot as a defender. Mm. And I'm just wondering, on Sunday, I saw that, and you're thinking of David Goff, who's so big on the off-the-ball stuff. Would Dublin and Desi Farrell be actually tempted to say, do you know what, we might actually put Lean Gannon on, on Sean O'Shea and maybe play small as a half-back because Goff actually could be keeping an eye on him mm. on the off-the-ball stuff and have him actually sweeping in front of Clifford and helping out in that regards as well. But the big thing for me, Joe, was how Dublin never got in front of Kerry. Really, like they're six down at half time. Dublin get it back to three, to, to a point. Kerry push it out again to three. It gets level, but at no stage are Kerry pushing to get our, our chase in Dublin. And I think on Sunday, that is absolutely key. I think if Kerry are chasing Dublin, you know, if they're two, three, four down leading into the last 15 minutes, they're a major, major trouble, I think, because you look at Dublin's bench and how strong it is. Yeah. And what they have to bring on, and it doesn't look like Kerry have that to bring on. The big thing I took from it is when Sean O'Shea went quiet in the second half, when Paul, when Cliff David Clifford went quiet in the second half, how Party Clifford really took up the baton right. and drove drove on Kerry, kicked two scores, won a couple of frees that they that they scored as well. And like he, him again, he's going to be absolutely crucial because if you look at both sets of fours, obviously you've Khan and Costello who are red hot on one side. You have Sean O'Shea and David Clifford who are red hot up the other side. It's when them boys, like you can be taken at, at different stages during the game, them four boys are going to be on fire. But when they're not on fire, who's going to take up the baton or when they go quiet for 10, 15 minutes in the game and looking on from the outside, it looks like Dublin have more boys that can pick up the baton, you know, with your Smalls, your Paddy Small, Mannion, Dean Rock, Kieran Kilkenny, you know, yeah. have Kerry got the same amount of boys that's going to chip in when David Clifford is going through, going through a quite 15 minutes isn't or that, Sean O'Shea is going through a quite 15 minutes. Isn't that the really interesting thing or question, Darren, that people would have if the two Cliffords are quietish or having quiet periods and if Sean O'Shea has a first half similar to what he had against Derry, you take Dublin's top three away or having quiet games, you feel there's more there to step into the breach. That's a question mark certainly hanging over Kerry still. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a bit of a worry. Um, obviously, look, David's been doing what David can only do. Um, and he's been carrying Kerry through it. And Colin mentioned last year's semi-final. Paddy Clifford was the only reason we won that game. Uh, his performance in the second half was unbelievable. And look, he's shown glimpses of that in this year's championship moments and games similar to Shawnee only moments so the two of them were hoping we'll have bigger games but then someone like Paul Gainey now who maybe has left a bit behind in the last couple of games and probably look at last year's All-Ireland he was taken off at half time he was taken off a bit early he'll be looking at this as an opportunity and realistically when you name out David Paddy Shawnee Paul will probably be on Dublin's fourth best back which means Paul, you're getting an opportunity here. And I think he'd be hungry to get in there, get a score early. He's very good over his head, maybe get a couple of marks. And I think if Paul starts being a danger, all of a sudden, Connor, the sweeper's eye, is drifting over this yes. way a small yeah. bit to keep an eye. And it creates a bit more space because, look, we all know they're going to have a plan for David. And a lot of that plan will be don't leave the ball come in too quickly, stop it from source. And if you, if, you can't keep, if you can't keep the ball in, he will come out to win it. But if he's winning at 40, 45 yards, he's not going to beat us from out there. Yeah, he might kick a couple of worldies, but he's not going to win the game from out there. So, like, a lot of it will be, usual story, that battle around the middle eight. But there's so many battles going on around the place. Like, who follows Paddy? Like, do they put Merchant on him and hope that Merchant puts him going the other way mm -hmm. with his pace? 
maybe Lee Gannon follows him out. He's a strong physical guy, he can kick scores. Like Paul is obviously a massive distributor of the ball. He looks for David all the time. Um, so there's so many different challenges going around the place. I think Basquel could have a huge game the weekend. I think he's been very good this year. He's really direct. Goes for goal. He had a quiet semi-final. I know. But he was playing a bit further out. He could be a really dangerous player because there's so much focus. It's David. It's Khan. It's Shawnee. It's Pawdy. It's Mannion. Will Kilkenny start? Costello has been red hot the last two games. I think it's 12 shots, 12 scores. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at Basquiat. Like, he's been around a while. He's, like, I think it's 5-16 or something he's got from play this well, it's, year. It's funny, you know, you mentioned, because um, actually Dublin fans cling to, there was no Con last year. You know, we lost, but it was without Con, so he's surely yeah. worth the point. Um, and and Con hasn't really lit it up this year in the way he can. So Basquiat with his 2-2 against Mayo as you said, a touch quiet against Monaghan. So that's often a nice way to come into a final. And then Costello. I couldn't believe this when I read it. Costello's 29 years of age with seven All-Irelands. He's about to start his first All-Ireland final, which is just um, a wild kind of a thought. Uh, Con cannot go through a season, Colm. Con O'Callaghan cannot go through a season without having a few big moments. And there's only one game left. Yeah, but do you know what, Joe? I think he's had a quietly good championship. Like, I saw a stat this morning which really shocked me. He scored more from play in this year's championship than David Clifford. You know what I mean? And I know they've probably okay. had... I'd, I'd, like to retra- I'd like to retract everything I just said there. <laughs> I'm, I'm judging him by Conor Callaghan's standards. Like, I'm thinking yeah. of the, the freakish things he's done. Uh, very, very good, but obviously Con can be... Like, to be fair, you'd have Con and Clifford in that kind of top, 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 top bracket yeah. alone and maybe Khan hasn't maybe done enough to justify being in that this year yeah I think that's a fair point especially against the big teams because Dublin would have played a lot of one side again especially earlier on in the championship where he got a lot of them scores like the big thing for me in the semi-final uh, Joe for Khan was when Coslo went really quite like Coslo was electric in the first half he got the first score that started the second half but Re- Costello really went out of the game, but O'Callaghan really picked up the bat and he was absolutely excellent. Kicked two scores, created a goal chance, but really he was the main Dublin forward in that second half. But yeah, the big thing for me is where does he play? Like, if he plays at 11 the next day, you know, what kind of... That's a big problem for Kerry because what do you do with Ty Morley then? Obviously, Ty Morley's not going to mark Conor O'Callaghan. You know, does Foley come out? Then who is Ty Morley looking to play the sweeper role off? I'd, I'd be interested to see what Dublin six forwards is going to start because the, the dynamic didn't look right against Mon and it looked like they were playing really five inside men kind of tried yeah. to convert them into half forwards like Mannion was playing a 10 Martin Connor McCarthy didn't think that suited him um, I think Kilkenny start I, I just don't see a world where Claire Kilkenny doesn't start a alarm final because he's a big game player though, and sometimes when players aren't playing well or aren't playing as well as they can, like Kilkenny. You go back to previous form and you go back to, are they a big game player? Yes. And so and Kilkenny has a great record against Kerry. He, you know, he was unbelievable last year in the semi-final. I think he kicked four in the replay in 19. And sometimes Darren probably at this where they just have, especially fours, they have teams that they like playing against. And Kilkenny seems to like playing against Kerry. So to me, he starts. And okay. yeah, I'd just be interested where the dynamics of that Dublin forward line is and to be honest I wouldn't hugely surprise if Jack McCaffrey starts wing forward and picks up Gavin White because they may look for someone to go at White as an absolute speed merchant and match him stride for stride and I know McCaffrey hasn't started a lot of games this year um, but I think I think that's a possibility as well Yeah interesting I mean you then lose that lovely sight on 40-45 minutes of Kilkenny and McCaffrey mm. on the sideline coming in you know but I, I take your yeah. point Yeah that's, that's the thing lovely. like <laughs> I don't. I, I it's it's Basquale, We're talking about him there. Maybe he steps out. Maybe he's the man coming in in the last twenty twenty five minutes because he has that electric pace that you're talking about. You put him into a full forward line on a tired Tom O'Sullivan or a tired Jason Foley, yeah. and maybe he's your ma- matchman. Or you know, I I think Dublin and Kerry have been fairly predictable with their kind of teams and substitutions this year. But I think maybe, especially Dublin, they probably have more options to play around. Maybe and and throw something different at Kerry that they might be expecting. By the way, just on uh, Clifford to round off that section, I suppose, it was interesting. Desi Farrell, naturally enough, is asked about him in advance. And this isn't even like, you couldn't even accuse a manager here of playing games or like uh, trying to flatter the opposition. He basically said, Desi Farrell said that David Clifford's the greatest footballer I've ever seen. (laughs) So... 
But it's like that's what we're talking. It's just nuts that that's not even it. What's he up to here with that kind of talk? It's just a yeah, yeah. no, it's a fair enough opinion. And um, Darren, something I wanted to ask you about. So mention of McCaffrey brings it to mind. In the Derry game, I'm thinking of Rogers. I'm thinking of McKinless. I'm thinking of McCluskey, and I'm also thinking of Mayo in the group stages. Kerry look a touch susceptible to runners coming at them, and maybe that that's what swings McCaffrey into action from the start. Who knows? In in your experience, is is it possible to like rectify that in the two weeks from Derry to Sunday coming, or is, is that just for whatever reason a vulnerability that Kerry have? You definitely can't rectify it in two weeks. Um, I honestly believe that Kerry are always vulnerable to that style of play if they give up the kickouts. Um, I think against Mayo, when we initially started giving up the kickouts, it's because we weren't winning midfield. And there was a worry why they like they weren't winning it clean, they weren't winning breaks, for whatever reason it was, and it drew Mayo on them. And in fairness, Mayo are one of the best at running running at you. Um, and Kerry were wide open when the ball went long, they weren't winning breaks, there were too many spaces. Um, and the first half, Kerry left Derry travel up to maybe 55, 60 yards. So it was only one drop of the shoulder and you're in. Yes. Um, you, yeah, I remember actually I, you, you, you said, and O'Connor, it was really interesting, O'Connor echoed what you said. You said they let Derry get too way too high up the pitch before they tried to engage with them. And at that stage, it's very easy for a man to lose a man and, you're, and they're in right on goal. Yeah, I, like, I just can't see them doing it. Every time we would have played against Cluxon, we would have always targeted them for the kickouts. And I'd be shocked if Terry didn't do it. And the thing is, you'll give them the little chip to the cornerback. Um, but any goalie, especially one as good as Cluxon and a guy who has so many aces in his bag, he will get sick of that little 10-yard dink. Yeah. He will want to be thinking a little 40-yarder kind of where you're leaving him see a little pocket and he'll go for it. And you mightn't get all of them, but at least you're close enough to get in a tackle. But when you do turn them over, it's risk reward and you have to go up and juggle. I think Kerry will target him. I think he's had it. Look, he's been very good since he came back, but I think he's had it handy. Mm. And I think Kerry are vulnerable when they're not brave. I think they have to be brave and it all comes from the Dublin kick out as it has done for so many years. Cluxon being the quarterback and sound everything, everything from there. But I think if Kerry push up and look, to be fair, our midfield has improved over since the Mayo game. They've been much better. Jack Barry always has a great battle against Fenton. And Damon O'Connor has been outstanding the last couple of games. Mm. Um, so I think they have to be brave. I think if they're not, as they sit back, like we said, Dublin are better than Derry. And Derry got 1-11 in the first half. Yeah. I don't think Jack is going to leave that happen. Particularly given that he diagnosed the problem straight afterwards. So you just can't imagine he'll do it this time around. Um at the other end then Dublin on Kerry kickouts what will they do Colin? Oh, I think Dublin being Dublin they'll, they, they'll go for them I think they'll look at opportunities um, funny I'll go back again to last year's game the two real big kickouts of the game I think when Dublin are reviewing that I'm sure they've looked at it they'll be really frustrated that they let Kerry get two short kickouts off which basically got the two big scores of the game um, to, to win the game for them. So I think Dublin will look at how getting players up the pitch, getting their two lines of four and going after the Kerry kickout because I think possession is key uh, for Sunday and the battle around the middle third, like I can't emphasise how big it is. Like yeah. Barry seems to have this thing over Finton. I don't know, I, you know, was it something that's been overhyped, you know, overly talked about? Is our, you know, has Finton's form just slightly dipped in that regards? But Barry was brilliant in that game last was Sunday, last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah he was absolutely brilliant. I, I'll bow to your recent, you've seen it more recently than us. Can I just say on Fenton, the last two games against Monaghan, it's Fenton who leads the charge last 10 minutes when yeah. the game just needs winning. And then second half against Mayo, Fenton said, well, to hell with this. And like was just a machine. So yeah. I, I can't and imagine I, I, Fenton not having a great last 20 minutes somehow. And this is the thing, Joe, that's why Dublin, I go back to last year, that's why they'd be so frustrated that they allow Kerry get them because when the, when the game is in the melting pot, you want the opposition keeper kicking that ball to where Brian Finton is and him winning that ball and driving his team forward like he did against Dublin and Mayo. So I think Dublin are going to be really, really aggressive on Shane Ryan and trying to force him long as much as possible because the buzz in the stadium, Joe, when the ball goes long and Dublin win the ball, like yeah. it's, it's almost worth the score to them straight away. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely huge. It's a tidal wave. Uh, Darren, since um, Cluxton came back and, and Colin Boyle told me it was a 
very questionable decision. <laughs> He's had nine hours of football, hasn't conceded a goal yet. So Kerry have scored 13 goals in this championship. Something's going to give. Uh, do you see Kerry scoring goals on Sunday? Yeah, and I see Dublin scoring goals. Um, and I'm not going to steal this. Um, but Gooch actually said it this morning. He said the second goal, whoever gets the second goal, will win the game. Mm. And I thought, geez, that's a good point. I'm going to steal that for tonight. Um, but he's right. I do think there's too much quality on both sides that they won't create numerous opportunities. I think Shane Ryan, look, Cluxon's been brilliant since he came back. But I actually think uh, Shane Ryan has brought, I still had doubts about Shane Ryan going into this year. I thought Kerry had a great structure. He was well protected last year. He hasn't been as well protected this year, but I thought, he's, I thought he was outstanding. Like Kerry wouldn't have won that game against Derry. He made some big saves in it. He had some big moments, kicked a good score. Um, but yeah, I see goals. I see a goal anyway from both sides. I, I'd be very surprised if either defence um, kept a clean sheet. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. So um, the Kilkenny point, uh, fully accepted column. McCaffrey, really interesting shout. Um, let's say one of those starts, one is off the bench mm. and Dublin have a few others off the bench. Aside from Stephen O'Brien, who's coming off that Kerry bench to really swing this game? Well, I suppose the news this morning, Tony Brosnan is, is out. Um, I think he's actually their fourth top scorer in the whole championship. So like he is a loss, even though he came later on against Derry. You're probably looking at it from a forward impact, like Adrian and Killing Spillane, sorry, who's yeah. just back there. And like, I'm not sure he played in the championship. He might have played in the early rounds, I think, but he's been out an awful long time. And it's a huge, huge ask to come in in the last 10 or 15 minutes of a Lal Ireland final after two or three weeks training and try and make an impact. But I, I think they'd be turning to him at some, some stage. Maybe they throw something different at this, Joe. Maybe we're all expecting Stephen O'Brien to be on the bench. Maybe he starts instead of Ganey and Ganey is actually the impact sub that comes on mm. when the game has opened up with 15 minutes to go because Ganey's form hasn't been great, Joe. I think he's only kicked seven points in the championship. But maybe in the last 15 minutes when the game has opened up, he might be actually the ideal man to, to get on the pitch because I think Kerry are going to need something certainly in that last 15 minutes. You Brino Breglick as well, yeah. you know, he came on the last day. He might actually start instead of Murphy and maybe Murphy goes to the bench. You know what I mean? There's loads of different. I don't think, like I said, they've been fairly predictable so far. Both teams probably in their team selections. I think they're going to throw something different at it on Sunday. Do either of you think, let's call it close game, three, four points, I'd consider that a close game. Do either of you think this won't be a close game? No. Uh, I think it'll come down to the wire. I think Colm said it earlier. I think if... Um, here, come here. If I wanted Colm Cooper on, I would ask Colm uh, Cooper... No, you, can, no, this is the real Colm. The real Colm. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Boyle. Okay, grand, fine. Uh, Colm said it earlier on the show. <laughs> the real Colm said it earlier on the show that if the, if Kerry are chasing going into the last 10 minutes, I, I agree. I think Kerry need to be winning going into the last 10 minutes I think Dublin have more coming off the bench look we've all said that they're predictable I, I don't see any changes in the Kerry team um, like I think Brian coming off the bench I'd love to see him starting but he has pace and I think you need to be bringing on a bit of pace Steve-O I think if you start him in, ahead of either Adrian or Dara I don't think you get the same impact mm. as him off the, off yeah. the bench he punched and, holes when there was a tiredness out there yeah, and even he, like first three things, it was two turnovers and a block down. Yeah. But I found, I heard something interesting, and it might come down to it. I heard Dean Rock is getting married next weekend, and he is a stag in a few days' time as well. So if there's a free, he equalises. There's a good chance it's gone wide. <laughs> it cost him a fortune. <laughs> it's not worth the headache. <laughs> no. He's good enough to hit the post just to make it look really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, and Colin, you agree with that? Do you? That you don't see this being more than a three, four point kind of game? Oh no! Like a replay wouldn't shock me, Joe. I think okay. this is going right to the wire. And I think at, at any stage, like last year, if a team was five six in front, the other team is well capable of reeling this straight back in. I don't think you certainly won't see anything like the hurling last Sunday, where mm. a team just absolutely. I can't see it that way. I think both teams. There's too much quality in both teams for that to happen. Okay, so Darren being as uh, brutal and parking your heart as much as you uh, possibly can who are you going to win on Sunday? I do I, I believe Kerry will win by two I think they will um, it, like I'm, I'm the biggest cliche this week I genuinely do think it's 50-50 I just think the experience Kerry have got over the last couple of years I think the fact they beat uh, Dublin last year will give them confidence and I think that the, the way they won the game against Derry 
we give them a world of confidence. Um, so I just fancy them to win it by two. But I think they need to be leading. I don't think if I think if they're in the same position as they were in the semi final, they don't get through it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. By the way, what's like is is there big demand for tickets down in Kerry? Is this really is the hype train up and running? It's not too bad to be fair. Like I, I did get a couple of messages off people who still seem to think that I can get tickets from anywhere, but um, <laughs> it's not too bad. I'm, I'm better at um, avoiding people these days. Fair so it's uh, grand. But I, do you know what? I think it's too expensive. I think it's uh, it's hard going every two weeks. Um, no, granted, a lot of people left off the semi final in expectation, mm. um, which is unusual for Kerry. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll hear all about it in the next day or two. I'd say. Yeah. No. Look, it's very pricey for people, and it's a, it's a long way to come. So I'm not not surprised. That's a factor for lots of people. Uh, Colin Boyle, final word. You are the neutral here. You you don't you can yeah. park head and or heart. Uh, absolutely. How do you see it? I, I just. I think Dublin are going to win it, Joe. And I just on the on the couple of points I've already mentioned, just the stronger bench. I worry about Kerry defensively if Ty Morley is tied up, marking a man like he was against Derry. Mm. You know that they just might be a tiny bit exposed at the back. I think Dublin might look a bit more solid up the other end, which with the six forwards you're expecting to line out for Kerry. So with the stronger bench, with that in mind, and with you just thinking that there might be a huge game in Brian Finton, you know what I mean? He, it might be nagging him to talk about the Jack Barry for the last yeah. couple of years, probably at this stage. There's probably a big game in him, and if there is, it's probably going to tilt in Dublin's favour, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jack O'Connor predicted the Derry game would be a stinker, and he said that Sunday's, <laughs> Sunday's game coming is going to be high octane and played at a ferocious pace. So, uh, I just can't see why this isn't an amazing game. We will talk, fellas, on Monday, if that's all right. Perfect. Thanks Lovely. very much. Cheers. Colin Thanks Boyle lads. and Darren Cheers, O'Sullivan guys. with us there. Great to have the lads with us. Brilliant analysis. I'm sure you'll agree. And Gaelic Football and Off the Ball is in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more. We will talk to Colin Boyle and Darren O'Sullivan on Monday. Gaelic Football on Off the Ball with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.